Welcome to RSF, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Revolutionary Sports Front, episode 34, and we got a big show today. Got the Preston Brothers to my left and right. We are joined, as always, by Joe, but it's a special day because we are also joined by his future father-in-law, Mark, and that has meaning in more than one way. Not only are we uh, happy to have him as a listener of the show, but he also happens to be a, a very, very large Dallas Cowboys fan, and they're in Texas uh, for the holidays, so we're going to have a, a special show today for episode 34, and I'm pretty excited. So welcome, guys. Can you hear us okay? We can hear you good. We're, we're here. Loud and clear, guys. How's Texas? Let's, let's, let's wrap a little bit before we dive in. Texas is warm, man. Uh, coming from cold Seattle, cold and rainy, down to Texas, hot and humid. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still acclimating right now, but, but Mark, Mark loves it as always. Yeah, it's uh, 80 degrees, but Joe did bring some Seattle cloudy, mucky weather, but it's been 75, 80, so. Cool. Well, I heard there's a football game going down to the north of you guys tonight at Jerry World. Is that true? Yeah, about uh, three and a half hours north in uh, the Death Star, the Cowboys versus your Detroit Lions. All right, man. Well, we're going to start with that. Where where else other than that would we start? So um, two weeks of regular season football left. Um, and Detroit Lions, our Detroit Lions are in a, a, a great position, not only to, uh, to make the playoffs, but to win the division. But first tonight, live, um, 8.30 in the East on Monday Night Football, they're going to go head-to-head with your Dallas Cowboys. And um, we'll, start, we'll start with you, Mark, as an honorary guest of the show. Look, man, they're, they're clinched. They're number one. Uh, you got quarterback issues going on. Prescott, Romo. You got starters. Are they going to start? There's a debate that opens up. Um, do you want to keep the consistency? Don't break what's uh, don't break what's not. Uh, don't fix it. Don't break it. Whatever the saying is. Or do you want to give some guys some rest because it's already wrapped don't up? Don't fix what's not broken. Don't fix what's not broke. Thank you. So, uh, well, what's your take? So, so, guys, first off, it's exciting in uh, in Dallas. Here in Austin, it's big time, but. You know, I spend a lot of time doing business in Dallas, Fort Worth, and there's a ton of excitement. Cowboy Nation has been starving for a winner, for the return back to the glory days for, for the Cowboys. So there's a lot of excitement and a lot of energy uh, about the Cowboys. Um, you're right. They don't have a lot to play for, but uh, Jason Garrett, the, uh, the head coach of the Cowboys, is on record talking about keeping things going and, and, and trying to continue the momentum of the season, not slowing down and, and just giving it everything they have. So I, I really expect that the crowd is going to be behind them. It's going to be an exciting time. And I think the Cowboys are going to play this straight up and, and, and go for the win. Although the Lions have a lot more to play for. I think it's still going to be an exciting game. Yeah, to just in case to the listeners that don't know, and thank you for giving it to the, the Texas perspective in Detroit. If the Lions win straight up, they are they are in the playoffs for sure. There's no getting around it. So their plan, their high stakes are there. They win, they're in. Um, if they do happen to lose, they they play the showdown against the Packers, which we're going to get to uh, in the North battle. They still have a shot to make it, even if they lose these last two games. Well, we don't do that here. I mean, yeah, if, but then you're not. In, 
it's one of those things where you want to control saying, your own destiny. Yeah. So we're not going to go down that road, even though it is it is. Possible and regardless of what happens in Dallas next week is for the division, no matter what, between the Packers and Lions. Okay. So we got a little bit of perspective on what's going on. Now let's talk about uh, the game itself. So let's, let's say Mark's scenario comes to be true, and I happen to agree with him. So they're gonna. I think they're gonna come out. They might maybe a little little conservative, but they're gonna bring their guys. The crowd's gonna be really supporting it, and they're gonna they're gonna bang, and they're gonna see what we're all about. We're gonna be with the Lions on our end. Uh, it looked like looks like no Darius Slay, and uh, no Lawson, which is big, but it's better in our case. For also, them. isn't Riddick gonna be out again? And Riddick's also gonna be out, but it's better for us in in the scenario that we just mentioned that they just get healthy for the for the North showdown. But we got some guys banged up, and. I, I think it's a good matchup. I mean, a better matchup than uh, than some might think. I don't know. I think it's a, a good matchup between Detroit and Dallas for a number of reasons. I mean, looking at the game, the Giants, I don't think they had a 100-yard rusher all season long, and then they had one last week against yeah, the Lions. Yeah. And I mean, you could, that offensive line in combination with Zeke Elliott is just – I mean, it's pretty much an unstoppable force at this point. It's what wins games in, in December. It was – it's what makes them relevant. Dak Prescott is doing very well for a rookie, but he isn't putting up any kind of gaudy numbers we haven't seen before. It's really mostly about Zeke and that offensive line. And the, at the end of the day, I don't think you're going to rest. Normally you try to rest your quarterback so he doesn't get his knee blown out. You know, like Derek Carr literally just broke his fibula. He won't be back for 16 Yeah, there weeks. was a few uh, fractured fibulas over the weekend. Yeah, Marcus Mariota, but, I mean, they were out of it anyways. By Tyler Lockett as well. Fractured fibulas. I just want to say one thing to Jerry's point, and then anyone who wants the floor, feel free to step in. Uh, to your point with the run game, I think you're right, but, uh, again, I think the Cowboys are going to go with their starters and play a, a good, tough game. And their tough game is the running game. So the Lions are going to come out expecting that. And the one thing we've stressed over the last few weeks in the whole season in general of the Lions, they might not be the best coverage team. They might not have the best skill set players. Their games are always close, but they can tackle. And I think with a strong game plan of coming at the run, which could bite them as far as play action later on and giving up some big plays, if you play run, stop, heavy, I think it makes it a close game and something for the people to watch and something that could be seen in the future as far as the playoffs are concerned. Anyone else can go from there. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think the you know even the the previous ten games or so, I, I think everybody's been planning to play the run against the Cowboys. The, this run game is not something new. It's not something that transpired in the last four weeks. It's been their strength the last fourteen games of the season. So I mean, you know, teams have tried to stop them. Even the Ravens with a pretty stout defense a few weeks back. I think Zeke still put up at least ninety-seven to hundred yards on that defense. I mean, they just pound and pound and pound. So they better bring some kind of blitz, some kind of package. Uh, ready to go to, to stop to stop that run game because at the end of the day it's Monday Night Football in Jerry World and uh, and, and they're not looking to, they're not looking to lose in their last home game of the regular season. I can't wait. Dallas also has a really u- unique situation in the fact that most of the time when you rest your starters when you have it done is to keep them from getting injured. But I think they'd be just as comfortable if Dak got hurt and they had to go with Romo because Romo has to be getting Whoa. like twenty million dollars, but. I think they also want to get Romo some snaps so if they get up late, but I think they're going to mostly mess around with that in week 17. They're not going to do it week 16. They're going to go out there and get the victory the whole or point, try to. The whole point is, and I'm, are we? Uh, I heard this. I'm kind of stealing this from someone, but I'm just going to pretend I'm not. But the whole thing you're trying to avoid as a Cowboys fan is a Booby Miles type scenario. You have it clinched. There is no point in going going full speed, and I'm just I'm just playing the devil's advocate. And then Z- you get Zeke or someone out there blowing their knee out. Yeah, that's the point. Was I mean, it, wasn't it Welker? It got, happens. Welker got it, his leg blown out for the Patriots 
like against the Texans a long time ago in a meaningless game. But then at the same time, when the Packers were fourteen and one, they rested everybody, and then they had a bye, so they ended up with because of the bye, they end up with three weeks off, and they came out and got blown out by the Giants. And Aaron Rodgers on record saying he'll never do that again, regardless of record, he'll go out there and play. That's fair, and we're gonna get that. We're gonna get to that again. in, in as far as bowl games are concerned, that's called the radio tease right there. We're gonna get to that bowl games in a couple more segments. I just think it's unique when you have a quarterback that's a multi-time Pro Bowler. If he took a, put a ring on his career, he might be in the Hall of Fame. It's just a weird situation. Like I don't think they're that concerned about Dak getting hurt. I think it's mostly whether or not Zeke gets hurt. And even at that, I mean, Alfred Morris is a backup. Well, I think Mark might have something to say about that. But yeah, so so I'm knocking wood here of all this talk about injuries. Seriously, Obviously, that, I mean, that's geez. a big concern. But let me tell you something else that that really worries me, and that's uh, Matthew Stafford coming home. The, the kid graduated high school in Dallas. That's he a really good point, Dallas. Mark. He's going to have a he's going to have some incentive to play well in this game, and uh, it, it really worries me that he that with his arm and uh, Golden Tate they 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 could start scoring, and if the game gets out of hand, that's when Dallas will, will rest, or uh, God forbid somebody gets injured, then I think they'll call off the dogs. Yeah, and the other thing is uh, Cowboys defense. I mentioned it last week is actually pretty similar to the Lions in the fact that they're just fast and they get to the ball and they make tackles, but overall they don't have. I mean. They're getting Randy Gregory back, but they're resting their main pass rusher, Demarcus Lawrence, for the rest of the season. It's a bend, don't break. It's a bend, they, they, don't break. I mean, Lions can put up some yards. Honestly, 2019's NFL play a bend, don't break now, in all reality. Well, the Lions and the Cowboys seem to be doing a pretty tremendous job at yeah, it. Yeah, the Cowboys are yeah. damn good. I mean, for me as a Lions fan, I'm looking at this as, especially these last few weeks, the team's been going out there saying, oh, we're contenders, we're contenders, look at us, we're leading the NFC North. Okay, well, if you're a contender, then you're pl- you're playing a team that you know is going to be in the playoffs. Go out there, beat them, and put yourselves in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Just get the job done. I mean, outside of the two Giants games, these Cowboys haven't lost a game this season. So as long as they don't see the Giants again, I mean, who's going to beat them? They already tuned up the Packers. And let me seg- let me segue us right into the to the next to the next game in the following week: the Lions versus the Packers. Now, Tony just made a really interesting point. You want to go out there and handle it tonight, not only because it will seal you a playoff spot, but it also takes so much tense pressure. I mean, the Lions have a, a great advantage of being at home against the Packers. That's just a fact. The, the uh, Ford Field is going to be insane during that game. You win, you win to, tonight. You take the pressure off yourself to, uh, to not only put yourself up against the brick wall and happen to win that game at home, you also set yourself up for an even better position by winning the division and already being in and possibly being what would that be a three seed? Yeah, I think you. How does it work out? I think you'd be the three seed, and if you'd you be the out. three seed. So if that happened, so that just no the the Falcons. I think the uh, NFC if they're eleven and five, if they win these last two, I think they might get the three seed. But the Falcons. Something already would have to happen. It takes, if you get my point, it takes tense. It takes the tensity off the pack. Yeah, because you're game. already in the playoffs, but you're fighting for a home playoff game, which the Packers or right. Lions haven't had in but forever. But you're in, so you're in. You're your backside against the wall is the point I'm making. It's this game, to, like to Tony's point, come out. You know, the Dallas, whatever they're going to do, they're not playing for as much. We are. Let's see what happens. But I, I think we really need to win this game. I really do, and I want to. I know we're up against it uh, as far as the point spread. I know we're at Jerry World. But I like uh, Mark's point about Stafford. I liked our point about, about tackling and Ben don't break. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait to watch it. Also to Mark's point about Stafford, the best way to stop a good quarterback is keeping him off the field, and that's exactly what that run game is going to do. Sure. Which if, is good. If, if that happens, yeah. If, I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, I think it's going to be more low scoring than high, if that's fair. I mean, I think it'll be a little more low, little more low than people think. 
Yeah, no. If Detroit wins out, they will be the three seed. Because Seattle's the other division leader, and they're at nine five and one right now. So the best they can be is ten five and one. Or if the Lions win out, they'll be eleven and five. Yeah, but the Falcons are ten and five right now. Yeah, Dallas is one, Atlanta's two, Detroit's three. Yeah. Oh, I didn't He's know. Right. And Seattle's four right now. Yep. So oh, it's so a the it's a big game. Be the three seed. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that game then. No, they. I don't think they can if Seattle loses next week. Go ahead. Uh, with Gerard, I know you've been chomping at the bit for this one, so go ahead. I mean, I, I predicted the Packers to lose to the Vikings, but they went out there and they took care of business pretty emphatically. Rodgers probably had the best game of the season, accounted for five touchdowns. How is his to play. Oh, his calf's back. Did you see that juke move on Xavier Rose? Yeah, he juked no. a corner back. Yeah, his, his calf looks just fine after that play. Yeah. He, he did get the first stinger of his career. He made a little joke about how when he played both sides of the ball growing up, he never got a stinger, so many couldn't tackle worth a damn. But what the hell was he playing on defense? Probably like safety. All right. I don't know. But I mean, the Packers have it all rolling, and honestly, I think being in a dome is to their advantage. I don't think anything the Lions do really worries them necessarily if they can get their heads out of their ass on defense. I think it's at this point. Well, that's easier said than done. Sorry. Nine out of ten experts are going to pick the Packers to win that game. Oh, yeah, the Packers are definitely on a roll in Detroit. They found something with Ty Montgomery in the run game. I mean, if Detroit loses tonight, they're basically in a tailspin at this point. I wouldn't say that. Losing uh, to the the one seed, I wouldn't call it a tailspin. Yeah, but you also lost to the Giants. Go ahead, Joe. The hard part for Detroit, too, is I, I really don't think Dallas is going to rest anybody. I, I think that's too soon to call. I mean, that's that's like a week 16 type thing. Like you, like, like Jerry mentioned, they already have a bye week coming up. And it's like why I, – I, I mean, as a coach, as a, as a team, I just would not take this week off. Like especially on Monday Night Football, I, I just can't see that scenario playing out. you got to go into the playoffs hot. you got to go into the playoffs – Ready to rock, you know, all all guns blazing. Yeah, they're gonna rest the guy Lawrence, but that's because he's already injured. Yeah, you if know they're coming, I mean? that, dude. If you, that's kind of a no-brainer. I think you're right. If they're coming hard, if they're coming full on, full blast, we're in. We're in for a tough game, and it's gonna be. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna pick against the Lions. If they're coming full blast, sure. But it, then, then you gotta see. You gotta realize that uh, if the Lions come back and follow up against Green Bay next week, which I expect them to do, no matter what. Uh, you're gonna see him again. You kind of sh- kind of show your show your behind a little bit. But we we've already seen what Dallas can yeah. do. I guess I'll go with you guys. I think they're coming hard. I don't, I don't think they're gonna break stride. I think they're gonna come. Besides, maybe a couple. Unless someone goes down or something dramatic happens, then they will call off the dogs. To quote Mark, they'll call off the dogs if something happens. But I hope it doesn't because I want to see them again in the NFC title game, and we'll have another show about it. Yeah, the, the Packers though, I think. I think once you saw Randall and uh, Rollins come back for the Packers, they got some starters back in their secondary. There, there's a different team going on when they have some people back in the lineup, especially Clay. Clay was back in the lineup. He had, he had a pretty good play, uh, strip sack uh, the other day. I, it's it's a different team when the starters are in, and you could say that probably for any team. But the injury bar, the injury bug hit them hard in the midseason. That's when they lost a chunk of their games, and now it's like they're they're back. They're getting healthy again. Uh, the Packers, they're getting hot. Um, not not a team you want to play, and they got they got a little bit of a longer week having played on Saturday. When's the game next week on Sunday or Sunday Saturday? night? Sunday night. So, Sunday so there you go. The, the Packers got a little bit of a longer week. They can lick their wounds a little bit more, and then the Lions are going to be on a short week uh, having played tonight. So um, that that could be a factor as well. So Lions lose out, and the Packers win out. You're sticking to your guns from last week. Is that the, is that what you're getting at, Joe? I'm sticking to my guns. All right. 
I mean, a lot of the Packers' success has also come from part of that was Rodgers getting injured and not being to be as mobile. He got back to a more quick-release type system and not running around as much in terms of he's always trying to get the big shot because anybody knows you have to get a couple big plays if you're going to get your offense really moving. It's almost impossible to have five sustained touchdown drives in a game. It's really hard to do. And I think we've seen that we see more big plays, but most of it's coming from the fact that they have a run game now and a little bit of a run game. And it's come from Rodgers like – dumping it off these short quick hitters that brings the defensive backs up and then you can actually get something behind them i think that you're right about all that and, and i think he kind of had to change like his mentality a little bit the best the, the best shot is those quick throws that's what's affected the lions the worst all all uh, all year especially against minnesota even in two close wins those uh duncan dip kind of plays but um the problem is, man, Rodgers holding on to that ball and that offensive line has been proven to struggle throughout the year. I know they've had some, a little bit more success as of late, but um, they've struggled. And uh, we got a stable of uh, defensive defensive tackles, defensive ends, and a big-time rotation that like to, they like to uh, bite ankles, calves maybe in this case. And uh, I think he needs to watch his back. That is true. that They got, a, the, uh, on paper, a good D-line. But Ziggy Anza has one sack sacked out the season. I think they had one sack well, in the, injured, uh, yeah, March but, of month of November. They and at the end of the day, they really just aren't getting there right now. They're I'm not, not saying they're, they're not, not going getting to. Sacks is the point you're getting at. They're, I think they're actually 28th in the league, just behind the Browns and somebody else. I just heard this. They're actually doing very poorly in sacks in general, not just Ziggy. But as far as getting to the quarterback after you get to release, roughing people up, tackles for loss, D line's been playing pretty good, and they got a lot of guys, and that they don't get tired because there's a number of them. So I need. I think uh, Rodgers needs to watch his back, and Slay will be back healthy that day too, to cover. And and. Frank, I, I did want to, say, want to say one thing before I forget about this. is a little off topic from what we're talking about, but it's has to do with the Lions. Uh, Lions against the Giants last week. Um, that that should have been incomplete pass. I do want to say that that was, that was bullshit. I think you guys totally got gypped. And, and once again, why Caldwell didn't throw the challenge flag is beyond me. Joe, doesn't make any sense. If we're getting a little off topic, put, put yourself in this position, okay? You've been to a number of Preston family uh, – Christmas events, correct? Correct. Okay. I am in a living room surrounded by children and like polite people that don't really care about the game being on. And all the, all these egregious calls are occurring that I had to literally quarantine myself. So you can only imagine the struggle. Just okay, now, I, now I really feel bad for you. Yeah, it was a very yeah. He's tough. sitting next to me, trying not to freak out as the game is going squirming? on. I almost picked yeah, a fight so with Jerry. I almost it was our cousin. It's our cousin, and he's a Giants fan. And so he had obviously to be right there. Was a yeah. Oh, it was just God. a tough. No, I mean, friend. I think what happened is I, I think exactly what we thought was going to happen. The Lions were on the road. They don't travel very well because they don't have a run game. That's one thing that does travel. But they have a chance to redeem themselves this week, and we'll see what happens. I don't. Th- I mean, I think the Cowboys are just going to run the ball man, forty-five times, win the game, maybe fourteen to three or twenty-one ten or something like that. And then next week, the Packers' defense kind of blows. It's only if the Packers had a good defense this year, they'd probably be looking at title hopes. But they don't. Their defense gives up too many big plays, and they just don't get off the field when they should. You're editing that out, by the way. But um, <clears throat> so. So what's the point? We got off topic there. So what are, what are we saying here? So we got make the picks. Let's go around the room. Tony, who are you taking tonight? I think it's going to be a bloodbath and Dallas is going to kill us. Oh, okay. Jer. <laughs> I got the Cowboys 21-10. I got Zeke with like 250 yards rushing as well. Fellas in Texas, whoever wants to go first. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jerry, Jerry, I like your score call. Um, I don't have Zeke rushing as much. I have him probably around like 150 yards rushing. 
Um, Cowboys win probably more like 24 to 10. Uh, that, that, that's my pick, Mark. I'm going to take your 24 for the Cowboys. I think Stafford throws a couple of touchdown passes, 24-14 Cowboys. Okay, guys, I'm going to be in the very uh, strict minority here. Uh, I'm going to have to speak with my heart a little bit, but honestly, I'm uh, – I think that Stafford uh, and the Lions offense is going to open up a little bit. I think Dallas' uh, defense um, is going to show some holes. I really do. I think the Lions will score some points. I'm going to have to count on some good bounces and maybe um, them taking their, the, the Cowboys being them, taking their foot off the accelerator a little bit towards the end, maybe something dramatic happening. Um, I'm going to say Lions uh, 31, Dallas 24. A little opened up game as contrary to what I said earlier. Like that fourth time this season, they get over twenty points. I think it's going to open up, man, in a dome. I think it's going to open up a little bit. I, you, you, I don't you, know. Are, can I have an opinion, or are you just going to shake I, your head at it? With you can have an opinion. It's just kind of a dumb opinion, but okay. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we can look at facts of what's happened so far this season. Okay, there's a lot of things I think are dumb about you, Tony. I don't put them on the air, so. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see the Lions win. I'm just I mean, saying. I we don't could think do a whole two-hour show of that. If you want to play the witty game, we could do a whole show of things I think are dumb. But well, I'll leave it there. <laughs> All right, I'm, I guess we're not going to have a show before next week. I would imagine. So we got to pick that game too. Packers Lions, the big showdown for the NFC North, the Black and Blue Division. <coughs> Who you guys got? Lions. By the, li- I'm, go- I'm going Lions. By, I'm starting right here this time. I went last. I'm okay. going Lions by double digits. I'm not going to give a score on this one because I'm going to get made fun of. Lions by at least 10. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Lions probably in a close one. I mean, they're at home. It's the last game of the season. they got to do something. Ford Field. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'll take them probably by a field goal. Matt Prater, game winner as time expires. Wow, what a hot take. How about we- Happened four times. <laughs> I'm going with the trend. That's a nice trend. Joe, what do you got? Man, the Packers are hot, hot, hot. I remember back when uh, they played the Falcons in the playoffs. Here they won the Super Bowl, and Gerard got on the phone and was like, "Hey, man, Rogers lives in the dome. His best stats are in the dome. His thirty-six is and forty-one, four touchdowns, no picks. Let yeah. me guess, he gets a lot got, of dome. I got Rogers. I got Rogers." Uh, Dick dancing in Detroit, doing doing the WWE belt uh, in the end zone. Uh, I'm going Packers 34, Lions 10. 34. Yeah, sorry guys, I'm gonna have to go with the Aaron Rodgers is just too hot take right now. <laughs> I, I read something earlier or saw it uh, uh, that Rodgers in the last five games has a quarterback rating on third down of over 150. Damn. So he's on fire. He's doing well. And uh, 28 21. I you think just the Lions Jerry. You, just, the you just got Jerry Lions. around. I consider myself the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club. I didn't know that. I do know that at Lambeau, since he was a rookie, he is 16 and 1. And he lost his first game in December at Lambeau. But since then, he hasn't lost one. Wish the game was in Lambeau. But I, don't, I think it's going to be a surgical. Uh, Rodgers is going to be surgical, just picking apart that soft Lions defense. And hopefully. Fingers crossed. We bring we bring the rain on defense, and it's going to be some like twenty four seven something around there. I mean, dude, I just got to say one thing. I mean, we go around the room after all this time. The Lions are up for a three seed. I mean, like, do you guys? I mean, you, are you you're picking blowouts all over the place all of a sudden? Like, since when do the since when are they getting the Lions blown have out only all the time? Definitely beat one team. That's yeah, but the they've Saints. only. I mean, all the games have been close. All the, where are these blowouts coming from? I mean, I get everyone has the right to a tape, but my God. 
I mean, they faced and inept offenses and barely beat them. And now inept. when they face good offenses, You're I mean, what, what was it, 17 to 6? The Giants were literally just running the ball and punting away because they knew the Lions offense couldn't do anything. All right, I'm not going to Giants. Into it. I just didn't see where they were coming from. I did the blowouts. I didn't. I just, all of a sudden, like, one couple, couple two bad weeks. Blowouts. I mean, blowouts the last time they played the Packers. It was a seven-point game, Gerard. They were down 31 to 3. It doesn't yeah, matter. Those, That's those a st- points are against like the third stringers. You're okay. We've talked about this too many times on the show, man. I'm just. I'm I mean, just, I could. Dis- be I'm wrong. disappointed. I'm disappointed in the. I will picks. say this though: if the Lions lose their next two games and miss the playoffs, please, Jim, Bob, Bob Cooter, be the head coach, and Jim Caldwell be fired. I oh. love Jim Caldwell. Jeez. Thank I just you, thank you, Martha. The one thing I will say, I. Honestly, for next week's game, I think it's better if the Lions lose tonight because I think the teams play better with the back against the wall. Because if they already got a playoff spot locked up and Stafford has that dinged-up finger, maybe they throw the ball a couple less times. You know what I'm saying? If they have to go out there and put it all on the line in one game, they're going to play better. But if they already have a playoff spot locked up, they have something they're going to be playing the next week. they got to make sure they stay healthy. All right. This is a friendly, this is a friendly holiday season. This gotta, I'm, I'm trying to keep this show a little lighter. I'm, I'm, that's it. I made, I made my picks, so I'm, I'm, I'm cool if you guys are cool. Yeah, we're good. All Joe, right. you got anything else? No, I think I'm all good here, Mark. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Love the show. And go Thank Cowboys. Let's, let's take a short break. Okay, we're back. Wow, it feels good. We actually haven't taken a break in, I think, like two episodes. Yeah, so. usually we just like go for an hour and a half, and we're like, oh, wow, we just ranted <laughs> for an hour and a half. Yeah, so it was good to have a nice breather there. Um, quick, Very quick, subtle transition. We, we covered the pro team, uh, our pro teams. Um, in depth, and now we're going to go over to college. Frankly, I was I was devastated. I had the highest expectation, as you all know, as listeners, uh, for Michigan. They had their season. We all know what happened, and I was devastated. And uh, when I get devastated, whether it comes to death or anything like that, I tend to kind of tune out. So I'm going to have to get filled in on what the hell is going on. Uh, I I tune out, man. When, when I detach when th- when things go bad. So I I'm pretty much. Yeah, that's I mean showing the true colors of you a didn't Michigan go out fan. to the shed though. I get it. No, you know, I didn't go to the shed, but I, I'm Jerry. I, you know me. I do. There's a rider. Too. I do. Yeah, next year too. if they go but five and seven, grandma. you won't be talking about Michigan. We get it. We know how you are. But what we're talking about here is just in general bowl games. We got two major issues before our predictions, and that's the fact that there's so many bowl games now. We have five and seven teams making it. I think Mississippi State right now, last time I checked, was losing to Miami of Ohio, an SEC school was losing Miami. Uh, Mississippi oh, State Ohio. being a max school, um, five and seven. Another big thing is now we have Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey are both skipping their bowl games to prepare for the draft. And I just want to get your thoughts, basic opinions. I mean, it's kind of the the skipping bowls is more of a hot take than I mean. There's always been too many bowl games, but let's go around the room and see what you guys think. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things where yeah, there's always kind of been too many bowl games, but they keep adding bowl games to the point where now they're having to pull in five and seven teams. So you have teams with losing records going to bowl games just because they have so many, which also it's these bowls that nobody cares about that they're playing in. Bro, just to go to piggyback off that point, I am a diehard Michigan fan. They're playing in the Orange Bowl, which is you just ex- reminded me. I it's a New Year's Six Bowl. It's yeah, a good bowl. You, it's a great bowl. But, dude, I don't care, man. I'm glad. Shout out to my friend Mike. We all know Mike Savich, and he's down there. He's going to be in Florida watching the game. Shout out to him. I hope Michigan wins. I'll tune in, but I don't care. So I can't imagine how these schools just get a pat on the back and get to the the blah blah pizza pizza bowl and get all happy about it. There's too many bowl games. It's all sucking money, 
It sucks. And I think in college football, it's coming to the points where only the good teams matter anyways. The playoffs, and that's it. There should be eight teams in the playoffs. That should be it. And everyone else you, plays for trophy. You practice. do make a good point, and that's the thing now. With the playoff, these players are not playing in the bowl games because it's almost like the bowl games have become irrelevant other than the playoff they don't bowl matter. games. Yeah. But I think why it's a cool thing to have the bowl games, and nobody ever talks about this, is you get extra practices if you make a bowl game. Yeah. You get an extra four weeks of practice. You get that, like, like So Michigan State didn't get backpacks. Yeah, you do get gifts from the bowl games. And in terms of – They one, do not give you prostitutes uh, pretty much. One year, I think it was last year, actually, Central Michigan got to go to the Bahamas for the bowl game instead of having to play in the Quick Lane Bowl, which is in Detroit. So instead of going a couple of miles down Eastern the road. Eastern went there this year. Yeah, so they get to go to the Bahamas. And, I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You can These take the whole it's the good for the kids thing for sure. But, I mean, let's just be real. I mean, the fact of the matter is as long as there's a sponsor willing to pay for the game, you're going to have the bowl games. And that's the way it's going to be. And yeah. I good, think just mostly for them, from the practice aspect, you need it. And I don't, I mean, when Michigan State was in the Cotton Bowl, I was hyped up. I watched it. It was awesome. We came back. And that, like Frank's take where he doesn't give a shit what bowl game Michigan's in if it's not the playoff. But at the end of the day, there, the expectations were so the, high. There are too many bowl games, but they're going to keep adding them until people stop paying for them. It's just about yeah. making money. Which and, is, I, and it's also crap because these college athletes don't get any of the money. You yeah. know? And I think that's part of the reason you're seeing players skip the bowl games is A, there's so many, and they've kind of, and they've, and the playoff committees, already giving you a ranking of what bowls are important. You have the bowl games that are for the national championship in the playoff. There's the other New Year's Six Bowls. And then everything else doesn't really matter. And that's why you're seeing players, if they're not playing their New Year's Six Bowl, they're skipping it. Yeah, because that goes... I would throw this over to Joey because Jalen Smith is the main... uh case study for this last year he was playing in a new year's six bowl against ohio state Jalen smith would have been a top he might have been the number one overall pick honestly he's a beast and he uh he blows out his knee acl with nerve damage meaning he might never be able to cut again he might never play football again he's come out publicly and say and has said no matter what i would still play in the game but at the end of the day these players they're risking millions and millions of dollars do you believe him I don't believe him for a second. I don't think any. I think he's. I don't think anybody believes. I think he's saying it because he did it, and it's one of those. You don't want to be that guy who goes, "Oh no, I wouldn't do it." Now that I know the consequences. At the end of the day, we like to think that everybody who plays sports is playing out there for pride, and the money's just like cool, and they get paid a lot of money. But are they playing for the money? At least fifty percent of every pro league is just people there to collect a check. At the end of the day, they're just there to collect money and go home, and that just happens to be with their skill. That the way we have our own skill set, like podcasting. They're there for to make money, and that's the way it is. And Jalen Smith cost himself about four to five million dollars, which after tax you're looking at two and a half million dollars, just for playing in a game that actually meant nothing. There was no Ohio State and Notre Dame winning that game meant nothing in the grand scheme of how the world turns. So there's no more Rudy's of the world, basically, is what you're saying. No, there's no Rudy. There are in college. There's some players playing for the love of the game because there's players in college that know they're not going to make to the not pros. Good players, though. Yeah, they're not good. Like Chris Fry or Frey, however you want to pronounce from Michigan State, plays his ass off every week. He's never going to make a pro league. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a fact. But he plays his ass off, and he's a great college player. But he's a psychopath. He goes out there and he hits people. That's all he does. There's a player at Michigan like that. This player on all the teams. But once you get to the pro level, at least 50% are just there to get a check. That's how they make the money. They make millions of dollars. It's a job. Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree on that. Joe, do you got anything to say? Yeah, I mean, my, my, my thing is this. I think Joe, uh, is, Joe is the Rudy. Joe would be out there just trucking. Yeah, Rudy was free. offsides, bro. Yeah, hey, man. If he was offsides. They, they didn't make the call, so that's their fault. Hey, <laughs> um, 
Here, here's my thing. Well, no shit. No shit. But it's deep. You think so? I think I think there's some commitment issues though, you know, to not sticking with your team through the bowl game because if you did have a, a winning season and you did make a good bowl game, yeah, it doesn't really mean crap for uh you know, for you personally, but I think it's a little selfish just ditching your team that's fair. to go get ready for, what for team? you know No, it's incredibly selfish, no, but yeah, that's a fair point by Joe Judge and it's important that someone in the show takes a stance. Even, we sound like a bunch of dicks. I mean you know, I, I want I want to draft a guy that, that's gonna that's gonna do what's good for the team. And I you know I mean like you know, you see, you could argue half these NFL teams week sixteen means jack shit to them. Well, no, I want to go out there and fuck up <laughs> someone's playoff dreams uh, week sixteen. Maybe, maybe they're trying to get a wild card spot. It's like, no, you're you're gonna come sit in the off season and go golfing with me, uh, you know, instead instead of us just giving you a wild card spot. You know, you who who was it said you play to win the game. Uh, the you know, you, you don't you don't just go and be like, oh, Dennis you know, I'm still that. The drive. Like, listen, you can go train all you want. But what, what if you get injured training? So what are you going to do? You're going to play the bowl games now and not get ready for the for the comma? You skip combine now? But Joe, no, is, could you have, players have skipped the combine. Have. Yeah, I was going to say, Joe, couldn't you also say it's for the good of the team for this player who knows they're going to the NFL draft next year to say, hey, I'm sitting out the bowl, and you're going to let the That's younger guys get the first team reps and get the a little bit of experience built up before next season? What's uh, the reverse case study uh, of Jalen Smith is Jadavian Clowney, who was number one overall pick, and had a, he had that monster sophomore season, then was forced to come back for his junior year, and there was talk about him just sitting out and going to train and get like paid to train, pretty much. He came back and played, and it was clear that he was taking plays off, trying not to get injured, and then the bowl game against Michigan, he comes out and puts a hit that ran 365 days in a row as the number one hit. Okay, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He had, they also, on that game, he, he only had that one. Yeah, but that's what I'm making is like, I'd rather have a guy out there that is playing full-heartedly in the game. If Leonard Fournette plays in this bowl game, he's going to maybe run out of bounds instead of trucking some guy over. We play, we have a turkey bowl every year. It means, I mean, besides to us, it means nothing. But I love it. Frank loves it. At the end of the day, I was talking to one of the star running backs from it, Nolan Wellman, and he was talking about he's made business decisions out there. When he's running the ball and he sees somebody who's coming and he knows he's going to take out his knees, he'll purposely fucking go towards the sideline, try to angle it off and maybe not get that extra five yards. And just for the fact that if he blows out his knee, he can't go to work the next day. And I mean, at the time he was working in a rail yard. Now he's a better job down in Nashville. But I mean, if we're going to make business decisions out there, imagine okay. what these players are doing right, for millions of dollars. Away. That's a fun. That's a good point about Nolan. It's a cute story. It's a good point. And a shout out to Nolan, by the way. I hope, I hope he listens, but the point that you guys just made, all three just made really, really good points. And I think in the middle is this, though. Uh, dude, I think at the, the players that we're talking about, as far as injury, skipping bowl games, I think the NFL teams have already made a decision on whether or not these guys are ready to bang in their character. I don't think they're worried about that. So I think it's more, I lean more towards Tony's point. Uh, I don't know about that. I lean more towards Tony's point of keeping them, keeping them safe until they get to the team. Then you can start bringing up your points with the commitment and stuff. And you can teach that stuff once they're safe and sound on the team. And these guys have been playing football for two, forcibly three years. The skill set has been seen. The tape is there. I mean, it's always judgment calls. That's up to the GMs and the people that are on the coaching staff and the scouting teams. But for the most part, in general, these guys go to these senior bowls and these bowl games, they can play. And I think uh, NFL teams would rather have them be safe than sorry. Yeah, I I agree with Frank there. I want to see the best players on the biggest stage of college football one last time. I want to see how they play. Yeah, they probably had a couple games throughout the season. But when the the season's all said and done and and it's all filtered out and – 
and you know who they're going to play. So like when Notre Dame went and played Ohio State, Ohio State was a really, really good team. And so I want to see, say Jalen Smith doesn't get hurt, I want film on Jalen Smith against Ohio State. How, how did, yeah, how yeah, yeah and Christian McCaffrey tore apart Iowa last year in the uh, Rose Bowl. So you have that with the Leonard Fournette thing. I think partially part of his stuff is they just run him into the ground. You know, you only have so well, many carries yeah. on at, your legs. Look at yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Christian, Christian McCaffrey, you're saying the biggest stage. Christian McCaffrey, if he played, he'd be playing in the Sun Bowl. Like that's not the biggest stage to be playing on. That's true. That's a good. Yeah, point. but it's still a bowl game. Who, who are they playing though? In other news, Tyro Connor's actually like sitting Blake out the bowl Forrest games, too. Something. Like, someone bad, man. Yeah. I'm saying I'm the decision's been like, made for the most part. I like where your head's at, Joe, and it need, the point, your point needed to be addressed. Like, that's what what does this do for the future of bowl games? So that's what we really got to look at. I mean, obviously, people are going to keep doing it because it's about the money, and that's fine, but do you guys think the bowl games are going to lose, like, in the next five years, besides the playoff, are we going to lose all semblance of a bowl system because of the I don't playoffs. think we'll lose all semblance, but maybe it will get the point across that some of these bowls that we have are just unnecessary. I think they need to change the playoff rule and ch- put it to at least eight teams, maybe even 16, but that would never happen. Eight teams and the bowl games can continue. People will still drink beer. They'll yeah. Still then you watch make the, them. you make the playoff games into the normal bowl games. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it's kind of what we're saying. Like the biggest, them. when Joe said the biggest stage, you are not seeing guys who are in the playoff or playing in a new year six bowl taking the game off they're out there playing those guys are on the biggest stage but the guys playing in the sun bowl yeah the i'd say mid-major bowls and lower are the ones that are saying you know what i'm not gonna risk the injury i'm gonna be a top 10 pick in the nfl i'm gonna sit on my couch and watch my team play same time, Dalvin Cook's probably about to be a top ten pick. I think he's come out there to play jo- against Michigan. To Joe's point, once again, I, I, it's I a New Year's Six Bowl. Tony, I prefer to Joe's point though. They don't sit on the couch. They, I think they should stand on the sidelines and watch the game. Yeah, or ride the bus at least. I don't know. I, I think they're being pussies. Okay. I'm glad you came out and said it at the end of the segment. I'm glad you came out and said it. I mean, I, I think not, they're being smart. I don't necessarily disagree with that take that they're being soft, but I, it's just. Yeah. I would make the same decision. It's just a business decision. Sure, you've made. If you wanted to refer to the the backyard background uh, backyard game with Nolan, you've made the business decision yourself when it came to your injury with basketball. So, in fairness, you, I know what side you're on. Yeah, you pretty much haven't played basketball since, have you? I played it once. Okay, I with a bunch of old people. We we had to you play. Spend zone one defense. time in the ER, and you start thinking about that paycheck. And you have to miss a day's work. Fill yeah. in the blanks. It's called being an adult. Yeah, it sucks. And more millions more dollars. So yeah. Call it a pussy. Call it. Which, that's why we do radio, boys. That's why we do radio. McCaffrey's gonna suck in the NFL anyway. He's <laughs> all fretting about. Dude, he's fretting like, he's like the one of the rarest breeds there is anymore. He's a white running back. He's gonna be a slot receiver. He's gonna be like a Welker. All right. If he if he goes like a Welker, it'll be good. But if he goes out of the backfield, he's gonna. He, suck he needs the right. He needs the right team to make it work, but he can get it done. So college bowl games, uh, is that the thing we're doing at the end of the predictions? Yeah, so we got a couple. We're going to do Michigan, Florida State, and we're obviously going to predict the playoff out here. The first uh, games, we're going to predict the finals. Um, so let's go Michigan, Florida State first. Uh, I mean, Florida State, they basically lost any game this year when they played a real team. I think Michigan's a real team. They showed that against Ohio State. I'm picking Michigan to win here probably by 10 points. Um. Okay, I, I again. I when I was actually tuned into to college football when Michigan was doing their thing, 
I did watch some Florida State games. They disappointed me a lot. I thought that uh, I believe his last name is Francis. The, the Francois. Francois, the quarterback, disappointed me, but he showed some signs of light. Um, I'll take Michigan in, 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 the, in the points, whatever the points are. I'm sure they're favored. I'll take Michigan in the points. I mean, it just being a guy from the outside perspective. So, I think. Uh, oh, sorry. Can I go? Yeah. Yeah. You're in, man. Okay. I think. I think Michigan's gonna stop these motherfuckers, man. I, I <laughs> dude, the way Michigan was last year in their yes. Game, no, the way the way Michigan played last year in their bowl game. Awesome Har- Harbaugh's one of those guys. You give him. You give Harbaugh some time to prep his dudes. Uh, you know they're they're gonna be healthy. They got some time off. They got some time to scheme up some stuff. You're gonna, gonna see, make a statement of tier. You're, you're gonna see him line up in like a question mark and uh, you know maybe in cur- <laughs> like a cursive you know U of M and then and then get in a formation and then and then run a play. It's gonna it's gonna get a little weird, but it's gonna be it's gonna be like 40, 41 to three or something like that. Man, Michigan's gonna tune these these idiots up. Florida State's a joke this year. They they think they're good when they beat some D two team. And then, uh, and then they go play Louisville, and they, they look like a high school uh, JV uh, cheerleading squad. So I think, uh, I, mean, I mean, for Christ's sake, I don't know if any of you guys watched that Louisville game. Lee Corso was on the sidelines crying like a little baby, like trying to, trying to coach him up because Jimbo Fisher's dumb southern ass couldn't get him to do it. So I think, uh, I think Harbaugh's going to go out there and, and tune these idiots up. Seminoles, you know, there's a reason we, we, we took over America and all the, the criminals. All the don't have any more land, so there you go. I like the passion, Joe. I like the passion a lot. Right. I think when you look at bowl, this a bowl game like this is why the bowl system is still sweet because we get to see matchups. Has that been like thirty years since they played or something like that? Florida State, and Michigan. I think so. We never get to see. I think they played this, twice. This could be this could be the 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 settlement. Remember when Michigan won and then Florida State won? They're like, oh, they share national titles. No, th- here we go, here we go, settle it. Who who who's the real national title holder from '97? It was a Nebraska. Yeah, that was Nebraska. Oh, was Nebraska? Oh, well, never mind. Nebraska's probably I I like it. But, no, uh, the thing is, when you look at bowl games, you got to look at what – I like to look at what team has more seniors that are going to go pro. And uh, sometimes when these teams go to bowl games, they just simply do not care. When Bama doesn't make the playoffs, those players don't give a flying fuck about the bowl game. If they're in the Orange Bowl, all they're looking at is their draft stock and partying in Florida for a week, paid by the school. The one thing that's good about both these programs is they don't have – Guys with a lot of character issues, they're both gonna. I think they are both gonna show up. But then you're the saying day, Florida State doesn't have guys with character issues. Yeah, you, Dude, James Winston's like character issues. Name one. Every time you turn around, Florida State's got another Na- player. Name, name one. The law. Name one. Then I'm trying to make a point, and you can't name one right now. They kicked out the quarterback that had the problems that slapped that girl is off the team. Didn't Dalvin Cook get in trouble too? I don't know, Tony. But you don't know either. That's the point I'm making. I'm pretty sure he did. But I think at the end of the day, that Florida State rushing game is going to get it done. They're, it's pretty much going to be a home game for them. I got Florida State 17-7. to 7. You know what Florida State needs? They need, like, blow-up dolls with, like, a little Florida State Seminole, like, you know, in, the, in like, the lower back, like a lower back tattoo on them. But then, the, you know what I mean? The, the players can, like, you know what I mean? They can, they, can, <gasps> they can rape and beat these, you know, blow-up dolls all they want. And, you know, nothing happens, you know? That's a little messed up. I personally up, think Florida State has the best color, like uniforms in all of college football. I mean, the tomahawk uh, chant and everything that they got, great stuff. But it's their team, cool, but you know, the players. Let's they be got, honest. They need There's a reason else. it's the nickname used to be Free Shoes University. 
Well, yeah, Deion Sanders was there in Versace sheets, man. Like, we're, we're, are we getting to the fact that pay players in college football? Yeah, it happens. Get, right. get over it. We've come too far with this. We yeah, who doesn't? All right, so let's look at the playoffs. You can make both your predictions at once. Who's going to win these games? We got Washington, Alabama, and we got Ohio State, Clemson. I got Bama and Clemson going at it for the national title. I got Bama taking it Repeat down. of last year, huh? Yep. I got uh, Bama and Ohio State in the national title game, and I got Ohio State taking it down because Urban Meyer has Nick Saban's number. Hot take, Tony. All right, let's go out to Texas. So I got I go to Ohio State beating Clemson, to uh, close game, and I got uh, I got Alabama uh, cranking up Washington pretty good, and then uh, and then the title game I got Alabama getting the redemption. Um, on Ohio State simply because Ohio State struggled against Michigan's defense, and the only defense better than Michigan's defense was Alabama's defense, and that that's why I'm saying that. So, yeah, you know what I like to think about in times like this, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and you know what He was all about praying, and that's what Washington's doing right now. I got Washington with the upside of the century. <laughs> They're gonna put a hurting on Bama. You can't even say it with a straight face. I know. I have no logical reason to think it, but I got a hunch. All right, and my hunches are rarely right, but when they are, <laughs> you're like, I have a hunch, but my hunches are very rarely right. But I'm still going. I with got my Washington hunch. thirty-one to ten. Okay. Whoa. And then I got Ohio State over Clemson, and I got Ohio State beating Washington in close. This is what you get when all cast members of the show's teams are pretty much, well, Michigan's sort of in it, but when they're not in the playoff, this is the kind of picks you get, delusional. But, um, no, not Tony's wasn't. Tony's I mean, wasn't. on paper, they're not going to win, but that quarterback. You just picked Washington. No, no, no. You just picked Washington. All right, Jalen Hurts turns the ball I, over I a lot. You, but I was there are reasons. Washington isn't afraid to go deep. They have good receivers, and they have good cornerbacks. The thing is, stopping that run all game is going to be a hell of an issue. But they have a month to do it, and what's his, Chris Peterson, that's, that's him, right? Hasn't Boise, yeah. when he was at Boise State, Boise State beat Bama, didn't they, with the Statue of Liberty? Or was that Oklahoma? No, that was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Either way, as massive underdogs, he's won a bowl game. He's proven that he can get under these coaches' heads. Dude, Bama's going to win. The I got Peterson and the Huskies, Wazoo, all the way. Bama's going to win the national all title. All the way. I just want to talk about fights. Bama's going to win the national title. What are we doing, guys? Jeez. I mean, if Michigan was in it, we'd still be talking about it. Because but... they'd be winning. It was, it, it was an upset. <laughs> Bama's going to win the national title. Hot take. Three weeks ago, you were talking about how bad Jalen Hurts was at quarterback. Ronda Rousey's coming back, and we're still breaking down Washington film. Ronda Rousey's coming back on Friday, and we're breaking down Washington film. As we get into UFC 207, if you look at Ronda Rousey, I think she's juicing. She looks real cut up all of a sudden, is all I'm saying. Well, let's talk about the cars. USADA has a testing program for this. We let them handle it. (laughs) UFC 207. The return of Rousey, and there's also a couple other great fights on there. Can we please talk about it, Tony? Yeah, we're talking yeah. about it right now. All let's right, go. let's talk about it. So the main, or how do you want to do this? You, why don't you tell us the fights, Tony? Uh, let's just start with the main event for now, and then we'll. Well, move I, we're, not, we're not skipping past this Victor Cruz or uh, Victor Cruz Dominic Cruz fight with, with, with Cody Gaslin. So we got to talk about that a little bit. Cody Garbrandt. Get Ga- uh, Garbrandt. <laughs> team uh, Al- look at this. Team Alpha Male. You know. uh, I, was about two years ago now. Rousey got knocked the fuck out by Holly Holmes. Holly Holm, I mean. And then uh, she said she thought about killing herself. She was in some movies, the Entourage movie for one. 
And now she's back. She's cut up and she says she's ready to do it against Amanda Nunez. Nunez tuned up um, Misha Tate to get the title. So we got a good one. I think they're both strong. Yeah. Independent women. I don't know what else to say. Amanda Nunez is a badass. The only thing that um, her question of her fighting style is that she starts off super hot. If she doesn't finish you in the first or second round, she's going to slow down and lose a fight. Um, I think Rousey's gap uh, of being out has been way too long. I think that they're using her as a, pl- a ploy, a gimmick through the media. I would never call I, I don't want to say in, in a disrespectful way a gimmick because she's a great competitor. Um, you know, she, she had her run, I, but I do think she's being employed through the media as a marketing tool. Uh, Amanda Nunez is fairly unknown, but I think uh, I think Rousey will be, will be finished early, first or second round. And um, I think the whole Rousey thing's going to be put to an end. It's going to open up um, the women's division to just show how much these girls are coming and how, how hungry they are. And Rousey will should be very good to sell out the pay-per-view. But uh, I think this is the end of Rousey right, coming up. I really do. Yeah, no, I think she's done. I mean, when you're when you're after a fight talking about I'm sitting there thinking killing my about killing myself and stuff, that ain't a good place to be in mentally and no, I don't know. Yeah, no. When you're coming into a fight after that against a person who hits way harder than the person who knocked you out last time, I'm not picking you. I think it's gonna be a repeat of the Misha Tate fight. With Rousey standing in Tate's place where Nunez comes out and throws some big shots, lands them, and puts them away early. And, dude, I have been I kid you not, I've been watching the build-ups, and I've been watching the interviews with Nunez, and uh, just, dude, her confidence level is extreme. On the contrary, you got Rousey coming out. Not only with the, the, the killing her stuff was in the past, but it happened, which is which is dark and scary as it is. But even now, she's wish-washy. She's saying this could be my last fight, this could be my second-to-last fight, which, in fairness, could be a promotional tactic in, uh, in gamesmanship by her in order to make as much amount of money at the twilight of her career. But the fact remains, Rousey is not nearly as confident. She's not nearly, I don't believe, going to be the same fighter. If she is, and I'll come on this show and be the first one to tell you I was wrong. But Amanda Nunez in those first two rounds is a real deal. She Did Rousey hit. really say that? This might be the last fight? Yeah. Oh, she's, I mean, she's seesawing her way from Washington, literally. She is seesawing her way from yeah, Washington. Yeah, seesawing his way and, from uh, Washington. I think she's in she's California. She's farther away. But. but it could be a media ploy again. But uh, Amanda Nunez, man, she's so confident. She's so focused. She's unknown. She's coming in there relaxed. Rousey's got all the hype. And her take is pretty much exactly what I just said. I've been watching the videos. I've been watching the buildup. She says, hey, uh, Amanda Nunez, I'm quoting. I'm paraphrasing. Says, hey, she's going to sell out the fight, make me a bunch of money, but this belt's staying with me, so I don't know what everyone's talking about. That's pretty much what she said, and I happen to agree with her. Yeah, I mean, fighting is a sport where you can't be half in, half out. You have to be all the way in. And if you can't be 100% in the fight, get out. I think that's where she's on her way to, dude. But she's going to make some money along the way. What do you guys think? I just, personally, I don't like the fact that she gets to come back and get a title shot. I was, we were just talking about this off air earlier today. And I, I'm kind of a Rousey supporter just in the fact that, like, I kind of like her attitude. Like, oh, I'm a chick and I'm a badass. It's cool. You know, but the fact of the matter is, anybody else besides, like, her and McGregor, they take this amount of time off. They have to fight at least some kind of warm-up. And she's just going to walk back in. She had to face Holly Holmes again. She had to face anybody. And she's going to get a title shot. That upsets me, and I think that should upset Nunez to the point that she's going to rag dollar, beat her up, and win in the first round. 
Yeah, but Holly Holm also, I mean, she's that moving up to 145. So. Yeah, that story kind of played its course. I'd like to see Holly Holm on a side note. I mean, I don't know how many people follow up on, on the UFC. It's, a, it's a limited. We're trying to get you guys to, to grow. But uh, I'd like to see Holly Holm train a little bit, gain a little bit, and uh, catch up with uh, Cyborg, with uh, Chris. Yeah, Cyborg. I mean, that whole thing is... It's a long story. It's a mess. It's a mess. We'll, we can get into it another time. The weight cut and all that. We'll talk about all that. Yeah. Anyways, I'd like to see her. But the whole Holly thing with Ronda's played its course. It would have been real sweet if it would have been an immediate thing. And that's another argument that I've heard a number of champions. That a lot of champions are coming out and have a, having a take on this fight as it is one of the, you know, it's the big, next big card. So everyone has a big take on it. And a, a lot of the champions are, are saying, um, you know, a guy like Connor. Uh, love him or hate him, he loses to Diaz. He wants to, right now. He wants to. His camp told him not to do it. His manager. He wanted to fight him right then. He would have fought him the next day. That's what champions do. And like Tony said, man, you can't be half in. You can't be half out, or it could lead to disaster. And I think uh, a pretty bad disaster is going on Friday night is going to happen to Ronda in the main event. Because cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but Ronda Rousey's all her victories. She's the armbar person, right? Yeah, she's armbars. If yes. she doesn't land an armbar, she has nothing. But at the end of the day. You can sneak an armbar in there. She was striking people at first, but then once she then once she took on Holly, it, it proved to be rudimentary. You know, her camp became into question with other. Was it Tim Brown and her camp that came out and their striking kind of came out to be questionable? Am I? I'm on the right path. Basically, her her striking. Well, no, the she issue thought she with, could beat up a bunch of weak bitches, and she, then she found out the hard way that she's not as much of a striker. As she well, thought. Her camp, the big issue was, and part of the reason her return to the Octagon has gotten pushed back, was her main cornerman and her trainer, who's been her trainer like her entire MMA career, got in trouble with the California Athletic Commission because he lied on his uh, cornerman's license application, saying that he'd never gotten a felony, which you had to disclose if you had a felony, and he'd gotten a felony felony assault conviction many years ago and he just chose not to um reveal that on his okay well i thought it's license application and it was so then they suspended his license for a while and everything and fined him and everything like that okay so i was off bait but anyways her striking's not very good yes she arm bars people and that's pretty much kind of judo throws arm bars and maybe setups as far as striking goes but this nunez is a badass man yeah she really is and so, uh, so that's it, man. I mean, that that's that's the main event. Uh, that's Krasik. Uh, uh, you got a take on who's going to win, or? Yeah, I, it's a tough one because she comes back and she doesn't really get a tune-up fight. You know, what I mean, it's one of those things where a former champion, a uh, great great fighter, but I, I, you got to kind of wonder what her camp is doing with her. You know, I mean, you have managers and you have a camp, you have trainers that are supposed to protect the fighters and, and help them with their career because every, every fighter wants to fight everybody. You, you can't sit here and say, like, hey, this fighter doesn't want to fight for the title. Who, who the hell doesn't want to fight for the damn title? You know what I'm saying? But you have a camp to assist you and to, to get you ready and to make sure you are in the best possible position to get that title um, you know, as possible. And, and really, the, I, I don't think they're doing a good job of that. She, she needs a tune-up fight. She's been out for a while. Uh, she should be she should be fighting someone that's uh, not necessarily bottom of the barrel, but but somewhat of a contender, and then and, you know and use that as a measuring stick of where she's at. I mean when she when she went down, she was at her peak, but you know it takes it takes a second to get back there. I think if she came out and tuned up another contender, 
we'd all be sitting here saying, okay, you know, maybe, maybe she's still got it. You know, she, she's got her fight back, you know, she's got, she's got some swagger now. And then she goes and trains and, and fights Nunez. But now, now, I mean, she's got to like go from peak if she didn't take 17 valley, months valley off, we could have done back, that. Back she to took too much time off. Like, how do you point. do that? You know? She took too much time off in between her. We could, if she would have wanted an immediate rematch at the time when she got knocked out, which any champion would have, she would have gotten it. She's done a lot for the sport. She deserves a rematch. I disagree with Jerry a little bit on the fact that like her getting the shot. I, 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 I get it. I get her getting the shot. I think that's fine. And I think a tune-up would have been okay, but, dude, she waited 17 months. You talk about a tune-up fight. It's going to be a minimum of three, four more months before the title fight. Who knows what happens with the women? It's hard to develop a storyline there, man. It's all becoming about storylines in the UFC now. So yeah, I, I, I think it's that. time. She's that. got to just... show face, show up on Friday, and I think she's going to get her face butchered. So that's I don't, it. I don't know if it'll be. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I still, I still go back to I mean, like great, great fighters are great fighters. It's not like she's only had like five fights over her career. So I don't, I don't know if she'll get tuned up that bad. <laughs> I don't think she'll win, but I, I think I, what I'm saying is I think Ronda Rousey's still a great fighter. Sounds I mean, like every fighter gets knocked out, but they, you know how they come back. And, I don't, I don't know, man. It's 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 still Ronda Rousey. You know what I'm, saying? I'm not moving to Chicago. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's okay. So as we talked about, there's other fights on the card. We briefly mentioned the Dominic Cruz Cody Garbrandt fight. We'll get to that in a minute. The next up. No, that's uh, not a snooze, Joe. If you, do you know that story? Let's talk about it now. He, he, I don't I'm want just him joking. I'm just That's joking. not a snooze fest, bro. There's yeah, but I mean, there. I, know, I, I, I know. feel talking like about the fight for the bantamweight like, okay, championship. Yeah, the <laughs> it's the co-main event. Yeah, it's the co-main event. But I, the other fight on the main card that I wanted to discuss because the Fabricio Verdum Cain Velasquez fight got pulled is the TJ Dillashaw John Lineker fight, which would be right before the bantamweight championship, which is considered the title eliminator bout with the winner of the Dillashaw Lineker fight getting the next title shot. So, yeah. So, to give the people a, a, a spectrum on a perspective on it, it's it's pretty much just Dominic Cruz running through Team Alpha Male. Am I right? Like, just basically? Yeah, I mean, TJ Dillashaw was with Alpha Male. Now he... But when uh, there went striking coach, Dane we Ludwig... saw some of that on the UFC contender show, right? Yeah, Dane Ludwig uh, left fighter, and, be, and started his own training camp out there in Denver. TJ Dillashaw went with him out there. Yep. And left team alpha male, but so TJ Dillashaw had the championship, lost the championship, had a shot at it, didn't win. But interim, now he, interim though, correct? No, I think he was actual champion. No, I thought they only took it away from Do, or from Cruz because he was injured. I mean, they might have stripped Cruz because he was injured, but he was. But Dillashaw but was still you can the, call champ. Him the champion. But yeah, Cruz made a quote, and this is a very powerful one. It applies to both fights. He said, "I've made I've made enough money." To build a house off running through your teammates. And yeah, it's true. Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, because he's beat, he's beat like three, four members in a row on Team Alpha Male, and, he's, and he bought a house, apparently. And unless that was just a metaphor. I think that speaks to how good Team Alpha Male is to keep putting out all these contenders. Diamond Cruz is a once-in-a-lifetime fighter. He's a badass. I don't like him, but, I mean, good for him and I good for Team Alpha Male. I fight. I don't like the neck tattoos. I don't like the fact that he got to bang Paige Van Zam, and I, I didn't. I thought we were talking Dillashaw Lineker here, and we were saving. Well, Jerry Dovin Cruz. Cruz. I'm so, well. He, all right, I'm sorry. Well, we can talk about all of this. There's about three things going. No, on. we, we were talking covered. about Dillashaw being the champion. I mean, Dillashaw, yeah, was a champion at some point. He got he took Faber's title shot. That was the whole. He left, and then he got Faber's title title shot. Yeah, he fought Henan Barrow for the title and lost. 
and won. Oh, and won the title, and then he lost. And then he defended it against Joe Soto, defended it again against Henan Barrow, then lost it to Dominic Cruz in a split decision. Okay. And then came out in his last fight and beat Rafael Sunsau, and now he's fighting John Lineker, and John Lineker is a guy who he's basically just known for his power, and his last fight went to a decision against another guy who's a really good fighter, who's more of a stick-and-move fighter, who ate a lot of shots, who ate the power shots, but they wouldn't tag him with like two or three quick shots, and he won a close to... But do you see, I'm, I'm trying to stick to the drama, tone. I, I, that's a good story. I'm just saying, I, it's I, one of those things I where... I think they're just setting it up pretty much for Dillashaw Cruz, because I think... Oh, that, yeah, they're they're setting it up because for Because, what you say, it's just a power striker. Dillashaw's going to make quick work of him, and then I personally think Cody, I want Cody Garber to win, but I think he's going to get tuned up. And then you get Dillashaw, Cruz back in there three months down the road. You have a pretty good storyline. Kaboom. That's what I like to hear, Gerard. Good job. That's summary. Straight to the point. Yeah, I mean, Dominic Cruz is a guy who, as we said, he has... I'm just so... You ever watch these fights and they talk about how Cruz has this... Not a logical style, but they talk about his style... Unorthodox. Unorthodox. And how you can't really get a hit on him because you don't know where he's going to be hitting you from. Blah, 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 blah. You can't touch him. That's what everybody... I just want to see him get knocked the fuck out. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing the word unorthodox. You want to see some douche with a neck tattoo who got to bang Paige Van Dam and you didn't win against Dominic Cruz? I get it. Maybe you want to see him get knocked out later on, but not by this clown. This guy's That's coming a out. T- right there. This guy's That's coming a- out, uh, talking tough, and he's just a fun. Yeah, I, re- I remember when he called him out. We were watching the fights at Pace Science, and he well, he knocked some guy. Some I believe it's a Chinese or Korean fighter. He knocked him out, and then he called out Dominic Cruz, and Dominic Cruz I think flicked in the burner or something. I just don't like this Cruz guy. No, I don't wh- like it. What he did, just this is now. See, this is a good story. You brought up a point at those fights. Dominic Cruz has a job for Fox, so Dominic Cruz. He is a quote from him. I'm not hard to find after fight. Now I guess this is smart by Cody, but after the after the card, he knows where Dominic Cruz is going to be. Okay, he's at, he's with Fox, the big Fox signs. So he goes to the Fox <laughs> signs, finds <laughs> finds Dominic Cruz, and uses it as a chance and uses his job and his media to 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 market himself. Good for him for doing a little sneaky game. He pretty much did the same thing McGregor did to get the Aldo fight. Sure, that's what that's how the fight game works. But he's going to get picked that's- apart. Okay, but here's the thing you got to look at with Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt's undefeated right now. He's ten and zero. Only has one fight that's gone to decision. I thought I thought Cruz beat him. No, Cruz ain't gonna beat Garbrandt. Garbrandt's only like the number four contender. He hasn't fought anybody that real yet. I thought they fought like five years. So ago I mean, if you want to look at this, uh, his first professional fight was December twenty ninth, twenty twelve, for Cody Garbrandt. Dominic Cruz won. His first title, March 6, 2010. So two years before Garbrandt started fighting, that's when uh, Cruz won his first title. And he's had seven or eight fights since then. And here's what he's done. He went out and fought Brian Bowles for the title. Brian Bowles broke his hand so the doctor stopped the fight. Dominic Cruz wins the title. Next fight... He defends it against Joseph Benavidez. Then his next fight, which was to defend the WEC belt that he'd won, and it became and it was also becoming the UFC bantamweight yeah, championship. Favor, right? So what are we getting at? He here? beat Scott Jorgensen, and then he are went you out. Questioning Cruz's? Are you are you praising Cruz or questioning him? I don't understand. I'm talking about what what he's done basically, but in a positive or negative way. You have to take a tone. 
You, I'll get to it, Frank. Can right. you let me finish? Well, it's long, Tony. It's long. Okay. Then he defended it against Uriah Faber. Then he defended it against again against Demetrius Johnson. Then it, he had to vacate it because of injuries. Because he took a break from October 1st, 2011 to September 27th, 2014. So for three years there, he did not fight. And in that time that he was gone, Cody Garbrandt started fighting. Okay. So he lost. And then he comes back. He was injured. We got. We already. He doesn't him. come back. He doesn't get. It. And he has to fight a tune-up fight when he first comes back. KOs a guy. Then he split decisions. TJ Dillashaw unanimous decisions. Uriah Faber. And I mean, if you look at and here we are. And if you look at Cruz's record, he goes to a decision a lot of times because he's just a stick and move. He admits point to that. Fighter. That's the whole point. That's what Jerry is frustrated about. Yeah, I don't like it. That's the gag. at all. That's the gag. He goes the distance. He'll pick you apart. He won't get hit. And I got to listen to Joe Rogan say unorthodox a hundred freaking times. So we just heard the story of Dominic Cruz and his fight. So what now? What is the tone? Are you Who do you take in the fight? I think. What is I, the word on, on the, the street. street? Thank you. What is the word on the street? I'm, Not, I'm, I know the story. Well, I'm trying to. You're saying you want the drama behind this. I'm trying to give you the drama behind this, Frank. But so, I mean, I do think that Cruz will win and he'll win a decision. But here's my thing. If Cody Garbrandt lands... A good solid punch is probably lights out for Cruz, and we're looking at a new champion. I agree. Because here's you if you want to look at uh, the why Cody Garbrandt got this fight, not just because he called him out. He started in the UFC on January third, twenty fifteen. KO'd a guy. You could just say he's had four knockouts, Tony. He, he finishes people fast. You can just say he's a knockout artist. You don't have to go through the numbers. He has five knock. He has five UFC fights. All five are knockouts. The first two were in the third round. The last three were in the first round. I He's think the, the fight's reminiscent of the McGregor-Aldo fight. Most people are probably taking Aldo in that fight. They said McGregor just called him out so he got the shot. But then the day he caught him 13 seconds in, if Garbrandt can catch him the first, like, maybe minute, he'll win. But if it goes over a minute, I think Diamond Cruz is going to do his unorthodox crap, take a decision, and win. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite compare it to that. I, I, I like where your head's at. I don't quite compare it the same to the McGregor-Aldo, but I could see it being somewhat like that. I, just, I mean, Garbrandt's last two fights have been against high-level opponents. Thomas Almeida was undefeated 21-0, considered one of the next guys in line for a Bantamweight title shot. Knocks him out in under three minutes. Then he goes in against Takaya Mitsugaki, KOs him in 48 seconds. Knockout artist. I mean, yeah. he's a guy who he puts people to sleep when he hits them. Yeah, there's a reason he's fighting for the world title. I, it's a matter of if you think Cruz is going to be unorthodox or an elusive or if he's going to get knocked out. That's the whole point of the gag. I mean, we yeah, he's – he. I mean, I hate when they say unorthodox because it's not that these <laughs> guys – I've been saying it for an hour. I agree with you on that point. I'm just saying it's not that these guys are unorthodox fighters. It's a very common style now. And it's a more sti- you stick and move. Footwork. Yeah. Same reason why I hated Silva. Same reason why I freaking Silva was not a stick and move fighter. Silva went in there. Silva was a knockout artist and not dancer. Yeah. Yeah. He's laying around, rolling on the mat like that a, was in the twilight. Dog having a seizure. <laughs> no, that that was when he was getting opponents that he didn't think were worthy of title shots. Yeah, he was taunting him and stuff. But yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Two of, UFC two of seven. I can't watch it. Unfortunately, I'm I'm bummed. But I will have Saturday and Sunday off, so that's cool. I can watch it maybe DVR or something. I won't be able to watch it live, but I'm very excited to see the results and with today's technology. Not that we do anything illegal. Um, it won't be hard to find them shortly after the fights are over. So, oh, 
Anything else you guys want to get off your chest? Uh, I want to talk about the Cronwall hit. All right. Take it away, Joe. So, uh, so the other night the Red Wings played Florida. Uh, I watched it down here in, uh, down here in Austin. Uh, it, it looked like a brutal game. We were, we were down three to one, but, uh, in the first period there, uh, Cronwall laid, laid a classic Cronwall hit. Um, right. Riley Smith, the brother, the brother of Brendan Smith, um, got up blood all over the visor. Uh, it got, it got pretty nasty. Was, was this awesome. before or after Riley Smith scored against the Red Wings? Oh, uh, it was after. And so, uh, I think you could tell from the sound effects, the other two people that I'm in the room with, Frank and Jerry, what their opinion of this topic I'm is. just saying, I love the Red Wings as much as the next guy, but the reason why we gave the Tigers two minutes was because they weren't good. <laughs> I love seeing people get cronwalled, man, but the, I told you guys about the Red Wings the last time. I went off on a long thing. I, I, I really have a hard time, personally, I'm only one of the four. We're all equal, personally, giving them any time on the show. Sorry. I'm glad you made some guy bleed. That's cool. I'd rather see him in first place. That's it. Yeah, I mean, so so would I. But I mean, I'm, I'm still I'm still sticking to my guns. I'm still gonna be a Red Wings fan. I'm Joe, you're looking gonna... for the silver linings, aren't you? I'm still a I'm, fan, I'm not... Joe. Come on, dude. Don't make me I mean, say the, that. The Red Wings aren't the Tigers, man. The baseball's fucking boring. But <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm hockey's not, more I'm exciting, not, but not, they still suck. Refuse, a Red Wings game is damn close show. to a baseball game as of late, man. Watching a Red Wings game first period through third period without taking a, a couple breaks or flipping the channels. You, I challenge people out there to do that with this team. I used to be able to do it all the time. I challenge. That's a personal challenge. Watch oh, a full-on Frank, watch Wings game. Chicago. Dude, watch what you don't. You don't even watch. I guarantee you're flicking the channels with your girl. You tell me you're watching the game through and through, like we watch the Lions through and through every week. He probably does. I He's do. an addict. Well, do. you're an addict. But like, I, maybe I, I am a little far. A Wings. Where's I like Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's my bitch. <laughs> That's my bike. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I watch this. The state's getting blown every week. I watch them. I, I get where you're coming from, Joe. It's you just. You gotta watch your team. Eventually, we stop talking about state. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it's not, it's not like I'm talking about the Pistons here, man. They have like five good years and everything after that, you know, before and after that's been shit. It comes to the you point, know? though, Joe. We talked about it a little bit late. It comes to the point to where we're guys in the rocking chair. I mean, we're, we're young men. You know, we're our mid-20s. We're like old guys in the rocking chair with these Red Wings, man. Talk about the good old days. All right, last time we were on the air, the Wings were, what were they, three plays out of the third spot so they make the playoff? Well, now they're six places so out of that. They've doubled. Their, they've doubled. And in terms of the conference, I believe eight teams make it. They're ten points behind the Flyers. So, I mean. It's just, dude, it, it, we've talked about, about well, the Well, no, change. no, no. How, how many points are they behind uh, the third place in the Atlantic? Uh, ten. No, Six. Okay. So we're six points out instead of three points out. So it's, in like the week and a half, we're fifteen and nineteen. We don't count them as overtime losses. That we're fifteen and nineteen. We're They're below so five hundred. Boring, man. They're boring. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's still fun to watch the young guys. We man. got two Maybe points have... on the Sabers, and Buffalo stinks. Yeah. That, that, that's all I'm saying, man. I'm glad Cronwell well, got it's a tomorrow good night. Hit. You gotta, you gotta tune in. <sighs> We'll just hear it from you, man. Yeah, I'll tune in. I'll tune into the. No, you can't group. hear it from me because I can't even finish what I'm saying. Y'all want to interrupt me? And be like, oh, and I'll tune into the group. And the I'll immortal, turn my mic man. off about the wings. I'll turn my mic off. I'll in the immortal the words of Adam Sandler, see you there. <laughs> yeah, okay. But he was a hockey player, not a golfer. I'm a scorer, Jan. All I was going to say is, you know, this, this weekend we do have one game to look forward to this year. 
We're, we're probably not going to make the playoff, but at least, you know, Centennial Classic, it could, it could be fun. They're going to have the, the, the crazy jerseys on. They, they, got, they got the camera crew with Epics following them around and shit. So, I mean, it is pretty cool to see some behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, and to watch them on New Year's Day outdoors. I mean, that, I mean you got to admit that's going to be kind of fun. Uh, Jerry, can you uh, reference this real quick for me? What place is Toronto in? Oh, uh, they're one place above us, and they got a point on us. Wait, we're worse than Toronto? Yeah. To Joe's point, it will be nice okay. to see him in the nice jerseys out there outdoors. It'll be they call it a classic for a reason, but it's just going to be kind of embarrassing that we're this boring and bad and be on a national scale if there is one for hockey at this point. Ah, it'd be nice tune up for the Packers Lions game. Man, sure. Fingers crossed. I get I'm Monday. Gonna, off. A, I will watch that game, Joe. I'm gonna. I will be watching that game. Okay. Start to finish. How about that? Uh, text right, I'll text you. Text you. In between. I, I won't be watching it start to finish because NFL is on. I'll be flipping back and forth, but. I was just, I was just telling him that. <laughs> Joe, we Joe, can, we you, guys, you guys want to pay some bills or what? This is a good show. I got to, I got to wrap things up. Yeah, let's pay the bills. I got to go work out. Yeah, I still don't have underwear on yet today, so I got to get it going. It's like four p.m. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Gerard! All right, you are a mess when you don't work, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you got to get back to work, <laughs> buddy. It's been a little too long. Yeah, I need to get this. Somebody left Jay out in the sun too back, long. Back out on the job. <laughs> All right, guys, pay the bills. Um, uh, Tony, you take it over from here. Thank you for uh, listening, guys. I love you. Shout out to, uh, to uh, I forgot to do it earlier in the show, my boy Joe Sawicki. I know you're listening. Um, avid listener, I told you I'd give you a shout out. Go Lions. They're going to beat Dallas tonight, and they're going to the playoffs and they're uh, hosting the playoff game. Thank you, Joe. How, boys? Pay the bills. All right. <laughs> so, thanks to Mark for being on the show. It's always great to have guests on. Uh, you can find us facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front, twitter.com slash RSF podcast, search revolutionary sports front on Instagram. Also, you can find the show at revolutionary sports front.com. The show is available for download and subscription on iTunes and Stitcher. So you can listen to us there, rate us, let us know how we're doing. Also, if you wanted to send feedback directly to the show, the email is revolutionary sports front at gmail.com. Thanks, you all, for listening. Thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. And please, please, please let the Lions win tonight so Frank and I can be happy. We're out of here. Adios.